0: Well, good morning. Thank you for joining Victory Family and Friends. Psalms 118 and 24 says, This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice, and we are glad in it. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in for 29 minutes this morning. I pray that you'll find this time encouraging for you as we uh, root that encouragement in Scripture. I also wanna give a shout out to everybody who's been participating in all of our victory groups. This summer, we've had a couple of book studies. Uh, We're currently in Jamar Tisby's Color of Compromise, which talks about the church's complicity in racism. And we are uh, prayerfully moving through that in a way that we can as a church, certainly individually and more corporately though, move forward even more faithfully uh, in honoring our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ here uh, in the earth. So thank you for participating. The, the, the leadership, all of the small group leaders, thank you for your diligence, your preparation, your stepping out in faith to engage what can be very difficult uh, conversations. And, and yet, uh, as a part of our being reconciled to God and to each other, it's absolutely essential. Um, so grateful to God for for each of you. And I also want to just, if I may add to that, shout out. Uh, shout out the prayer team as well, who quietly but consistently continues to pray. Uh, for all the groups, certainly, but all of us here at Victory Church and beyond our entire Charlottesville community. Uh, we, we appreciate you, Troy Savage, who leads that team. Thank you for your leadership uh, in that regard. In fact, if you want to join us on Monday nights, it's an open call uh, where you can, and you can find that uh, phone number on our website at victoryseville.org. At eight o'clock for 20 minutes, we, we get together and we pray. And so you are more than welcome to join us uh, there. So during this month of August, uh, we are back. We had July, if you will, off in in terms of Sunday morning services. Uh, But we are walking through the Book of Philippians. And last week, I spent a lot of time updating you on the happenings here at Victory and where we're going to be, uh, how we're going to be moving forward, which is online uh, for the rest of 2020. And then we try to, after sharing those updates, frame this sermon series for the month of August uh and, and uh when studying any book of the bible i encourage you to do the same we we I try to answer certain questions which we tried to do last week we try to answer the who who wrote the book of philippians apostle paul did who did he write it to the church at philippi why did he write it he was saying thank you for the gifts that they had sent to him and also just providing some uh some pastoral um guidance when did he write it ab 61, 62. we try to answer some of those questions to get some context Uh, which we did briefly last week. And then we also last week highlighted uh, that uh, we highlighted the first two verses of chapter one of Philippians, uh, where Apostle Paul is greeting the church at Philippi and saying, grace and peace be unto you. And so the point we emphasized last week was that we can only pass on what we've received. Uh, And certainly the Apostle Paul had uh, received the power of God's grace and peace in his own life such that he could be a conduit through whom God's grace and peace could be passed on to those in his sphere of influence. And today we're going to be focusing on all of chapter one, which if you've been around Victory any number of uh, uh, days, weeks, months, uh, now years, since we're going into our second year, you know, uh, we rarely focus on a chapter. But in doing a a survey, if you will, of the entire book, we will be walking through as best we can in the 29 minutes, a chapter each week. Uh, Now, I forgot to tell you last week, to read chapter one uh, before this week. And so what I'm going to do is actually read the entire chapter this morning, which is about 30 verses. Um, And so truthfully, even if I didn't tell you, we were going to read all 30 verses, but we're going to read all 30 verses this morning. I'm sure the AV and communications team here at Victory is so happy that they don't have to make slides for all 30 of those verses. Um, This morning, I say that tongue in cheek, I know they would be like any of our ministry teams more than happy to to, to serve in that way. At this point, they'd probably be willing to put up 60 if it meant that we were meeting in person again. Uh, and no doubt, I cannot wait to be back in person with no masks, no social distancing, just being able to hug each other uh, and, and do what, what we do when we gather and what in-person church gatherings uh, really are when we're together. I cannot wait for that. Uh, but turn with me to the book of Philippians, which is in the New Testament. Uh, we'll be looking at chapter 1. And we'll be reading verses 1 through 30. Um, And as you turn there, which you'll have to do this morning because uh, we are live, it won't show up on your screen. um, I'm going to pray for our time today. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word of God and this opportunity to study together. I pray according to your word that you would open up our eyes so that we might see all of the wonderful things you have for us uh, in the word. Open our eyes, the ears of our hearts, so that we can hear and have it applied to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Philippians uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 30. And it reads this way. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, this is the NIV. uh, To all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have since I have you in my heart and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for you for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless For the day of christ filled with fruit of righteousness that comes through jesus christ to the glory and praise of god now i want you to know brothers and sisters that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel as a result it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that i am in chains for christ And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Verse 15. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ. All right, y'all, we are back and I'm praying that this, <laughs> you know, such as the life of an online church experience, uh, that was a first for us though, to have a complete freeze in that regard. So I'm going to assume you went and read the whole chapter, Philippians chapter one, and I'm going to turn on my New Yorkness a little bit and talk a little fast so we can access or, or, or uh, take advantage of this internet uh, that, we, that we currently have for, for the next few few moments. but All right, y'all, um, we're back. Thank you for your patience (laughs) with, with, uh, with that. Um, And and again, we're going to jump, we're going to jump right in. So we read Philippians chapter one. Um, The last verse says, verse 30, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, now I hear, uh, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. So we're just going to act like we just ended up there together. And the freeze just allowed you to read it and really digest it for yourself. Uh, And we're going to move forward with the title of this message, which is prison or pulpit. Prison or pulpit. And not that I ever needed any more motivation to preach or speak with conviction about something God has said. But this little Internet snafu has me a little bit more charged up for what God wants to say to me and maybe to you as well through this particular passage of Scripture. So, again, Philippians chapter one, verses one through 30 is what we've read And the title of the message is Prison or Pulpit. Yes, Tiffany, New York. So from VA to New York, here we go. Uh, A prison. What's a prison except that it is something that confines or deprives us of liberty? A pulpit is a platform from which instruction or exhortation rooted in scripture is delivered. And the question prison or pulpit, in case we get disconnected again, but I pray we don't, is what is it that we allow our conditions to produce? Do our conditions produce in us a prison, that which confines, further limits, or restricts us? Or does it produce a pulpit, a platform on which God's gospel can be preached? I think about a lot of the situations in my own life over now, 40 years on the planet, and the many times that I can recall where functionally my conditions were serving as a prison instead of the pulpit they should have or could have been. And by no means am I under any illusion that my circumstances, while physically free, are anything like being physically confined. So please hear that the point that I'm making here about circumstances is that many of them can often render us restricted or limited or deprived, if you will, of liberty. Now, at Victory Church, we, we believe strongly in sharing stories. We, we share stories a ton. We share our living experiences and we sit with each other with empathy Uh, finding Jesus in all of our respective stories, we make time for testimony sharing in all of our small groups because we believe with regard to our vision, which is to see people reconciled to God and each other, that it takes that. It takes the work of spending time with God in his word and prayer, and certainly then with each other and walking through life. There's no way around that work, which can oftentimes be messy. Now, because we share a lot of stories, uh, many of you watching uh, Victory Fam, for sure, maybe even some other friends uh, who are watching today know that this past week, my bride and I celebrated our 15th wedding anniversary on August 6, 2005. I made the best second to, of course, accepting Jesus Christ as my savior decision by marrying Taylor, Alexis Dara at that time, sharp. And there's a song in the Broadway play Hamilton, which just yesterday, my kids reminded me I've watched, about seven complete times in this quarantine period. Um, And the song is called The Story of Tonight, where Alexander Hamilton, after having just gotten married, his group is singing and the lyrics say, raise a glass to freedom, something you will never see again, no matter what she tells you. And they go on uh, to basically say you're done, right? And some of y'all hearing me even now talk about and celebrate the 15 years of marriage to my beautiful bride, might be thinking, "Wow, you've been you you've been in there. You've been in there that long, huh?" Some of you though might hear that same phrase of us having been married now for fifteen years, and you say, "Wow, wow, you've been in for fifty. You you've been at this for fifteen years. Let's go, Big Faith." So much depends on your experience. So much depends on on your perspective, perhaps what was modeled for you uh, about marriage, your understanding of it. But let me tell you some of the greatest sermons ever preached that I've ever heard weren't even necessarily from a, a, a person behind a lectern on a Sunday morning as much as it was some of the stuff we've had to go through as a couple and find Jesus showing up right on time in supernatural ways as only he can. It's why we're doing a marriage group kicking off next Sunday, which, by the way, if you're interested, today's the last day. You want to email us or connect with us through the connect card that you can hopefully find in the chat room. I know it was there in the previous one. We'll try to get it up again in this one. Uh, Because the enemy of our soul would love for marriage to be thought of as a prison. And everything you don't get to do anymore. While God is saying, oh, how my power can be put on display through your union. Now, I use that example primarily this morning, to be honest, to shout out the best thing that's ever happened to me, Taylor Alexis Harris. Happy anniversary again, babe, I love you. It doesn't exactly map onto the main point, but then again, it is very relevant, I think, to what we are talking about in that marriages can, at times, have some painful moments, some uncomfortable moments. And the truth is, whether in marriage or just life, many of us find ourselves in very uncomfortable positions some spots that are painful, pandemics that have us quarantine and wearing masks, not seeing family, having to do funerals and say goodbye to loved ones and friends through Zoom. I've had too many of those in this season. Or we're trying to figure out how do we educate our children while still trying to go to work and make a living if we haven't already been furloughed or laid off. We might find ourselves pondering, will I be the next George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey? And that anxiety then has real physical, psychological, emotional impact on us. And maybe you even in hearing me celebrate the love that God has birthed in my wife and me over this last 15 years causes you to commiserate because perhaps you've been through abuse in your life and don't feel like you could ever love somebody. Maybe there's an ongoing health issue that nobody really knows about except for you. It's been ever present for a long time. Maybe it's the pain of trying to get back on your feet after being uh, 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 literally physically incarcerated due to some uh, illegal activity that you participated in. But even after having paid your debt, you're finding you're still confined after getting out in other ways. Whatever your situation, I do know that we all have them. And certainly in this full chapter of 30 verses, there are so many things to highlight and point out. And if I forget to say it later, please read chapter two ahead of next week. We're going to highlight some of them, of course, but if nothing else, the main point I want to emphasize today is that God's power makes a pulpit out of our pain. God's power makes a pulpit out of our pain. And here's the tension point. The tension point is this. Pain is, well, painful. And when we're in pain, we tend to to want to be on the other side of the pulpit, not standing on it. Or in front of it, we want to be in a in in a place. And by the way, parenthetically, there is a place for that. We all can use encouragement, exhortation, a building up, if you will. But how many know so many of our lives are, uh, or so much of our lives in Christ Jesus is counterintuitive? Second Corinthians twelve and nine says it this way: His power is made perfect in our in our weakness. It's in those moments that God will preach His best sermon through you. Many of us hear that scripture, 2 Corinthians 12, and we'll say, um, how about I'm, I'm good with just not being weak? How about just let this cup pass from me? I'm good with that. Let this pandemic just end. And to that, I would say a hearty amen to that. I'd love to not have, have to figure out how to, how, to, how to do my job and and not have my kids feel like they're being rejected by me because I can't be with them all day. Those dynamics and more for all of us are not easy. And yet, living with Jesus, it's in those spaces where his power is the most palpable. Which, as a side note, again, parenthetically, this is not to say that Jesus is coordinating everything that you're going through. Please don't hear that. There are some awful conditions that we all have to endure uh, that were not a part of God's original plan for us. But do hear me saying that God's power can be made perfect in those conditions. And notice I say God's power, God's power. How else would the Apostle Paul be able to greet with grace and peace to the church at Philippi, lest he already experienced the power of God's grace and peace for himself while in prison? How else are we going to manage peace amidst the chaos of this pandemic? How else are we going to remain hopeful when racism seems to just have adapted to the times? I need something. I need someone supernatural. The natural just won't do. I need someone with experience with destroying the dividing walls of hostility as Ephesians 2 talks about. Someone with experience that can speak to the winds and the waves, that can speak to plagues, plagues and them go away. I need God's power. Because God's power cannot be quarantined. Power can't be sheltered in place. The message of the gospel cannot be in prison unless we help it to be so. And so, by extension, the pulpit is for you too. Apostle Paul says, beginning in verse 3, that every time I think of you, I pray. Another side note, so many along the way here. When people cross your mind, maybe you're scrolling through Facebook, Instagram, or you're just working out, doing whatever. When they cross your mind, pause, stop, and pray for them have a dream about them, pray for them. Pray and declare that, as it says in verse six, that he who began a good work in them would carry it on to the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Apostle Paul says, every time I think of you, he's writing this letter to the church at Philippi, he says, I pray. He's not just praying for those with seminary degrees. He's praying for everyone in the church. And so this pulpit that I referenced this morning is for you too. This is where you would touch your neighbor. In this case, you text them or FaceTime them or chat them, whatever, Snapchat them, that neighbor, and ask them this question, where's your pulpit? Where's your pulpit? Verses 9 through 11, he says, I pray that, quote, your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus the glory and praise of god isaiah 32 and 17 says the fruit of that righteousness will be peace its effect will be quietness and confidence forever quietness and confidence not in our own strength but greater is he first john 4 and 4 says who is in us than he who is in the world we are romans 8 and 37 says more than conquerors through him who loves us god's power makes a pulpit out of our pain. So no, I'm not celebrating that we suffer, though we all do in some way, shape, or form, but I do celebrate what God can do in and through us in the midst of that suffering, especially if that suffering is for the cause of Christ, which is actually actually the case here in this text of Philippians chapter one. Now I'm broadening the scope for purposes of our conversation today in terms of where we might experience discomfort and pain today but Paul was literally <coughs> in chains for Christ and it peaked. it piqued the curiosity of the soldiers and those around him such that they became more confident verse 14 says in proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ because of their knowledge of Paul's situation and his demeanor through it situation didn't shut him up it just gave him a pulpit again self-reflection who around us is getting more confident in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, by viewing how we are walking through a painful situation, some of us might even order uh, something because of trying to think of something I've ordered because of how it looked. We order it; it looked great, but then it comes to us, and we're like, "This isn't what I paid for." Maybe you go to a concert, and the artist ends up talking the whole time, and you're like, "I paid to hear you sing." when I squeeze my toothpaste in the morning, if it's crest crest ought to come out. If it's aim, sense whatever it is, unless my kids got real creative with a prank and put some Kool-Aid in it or something, whatever's in there when squeezed ought to come out. And this pandemic, these, these murders on television, they're squeezing us these conditions financially and otherwise that this pandemic is producing It's it's squeezing all of us, and if there was ever a time to hide the word of the Lord in our heart, which is always, now is certainly a particularly heightened time, such that when we are squeezed, the promises of God come out. The promises of his peace and his protection and his care are what come from our lips. Scripture says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Let's not be caught like The the soap dispenser, this analogy may miss some, may catch some others. So catch the ones that make sense and the others uh, uh, that don't, let it be for somebody else. But I think of a, a soap dispenser, the liquid soap dispenser that when the soap comes out, it's thick and it's rich and it lathers your hands up. But sometimes you go and you press it and it just shoots out at you all this water because somebody tried to preserve what was left in it to make it last. Let us not be like that dispenser such that when we're squeezed, we're just spitting out this water nothing of substance coming out of us because there's nothing of substance that we're allowing to go in by the word of God. As we said last week, we can pass on only that which we have received. God's power makes a pulpit out of our pain. So much so that even when folks might even be hating on, if you will, putting a foot even further on your neck while you're going through or folks trying to just give you the business or kind of like Paul in his case, steal the shine, if you will, those preaching the gospel in this particular text more out of envy because now they had the spotlight. Even as they do that, we can be like Paul and say, Hey, you know what? God will deal with the motivation. But as he said, the word of God is getting preached. The word of God is getting preached. Sometimes I read Paul's epistles and I'm thinking to myself, who is this guy for me to live? is Christ and to die is gain or as he says in Galatians 2 and 20, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Talk about making our pulpit, a pulpit out of our pain. I wonder why my parents ever named me after this guy. Come on. But every time I read this and other writings of the apostle Paul, it hits me afresh that you and I are no different. Here he is just following the one, capital O, who better than anyone in history allowed God's power to make a pulpit out of pain. Jesus, whose pain wasn't even his to begin with. He lived the life we should have lived, was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And yet Isaiah 53 and 5 says, by his wounds we are healed. His death on the cross made a pulpit out of unimaginable pain in that he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. It is now finished when it was all said and done. And then on the third day, he rises from the grave with all power in his hand, power that you and me, we now have access to. God's power, again, makes a pulpit out of our pain. There's no doubt we all share uh, in trials and tribulations. All of us, we're either in one, we're we're coming out of one, or we're going into one. So the question for us then is, will the pain be a prison or a pulpit for his power to be on display? Will it lead to us closing off, forfeiting our liberty to approach his throne of grace boldly? Or will it confine us to a place of low self-worth perhaps? Or will it lead, become, if you will, a platform for God's grace and peace and power To be on display will our pain exacerbate our fear or our faith before i close i want to just insert one other caveat here um, because the pulpit in our lives can take on various forms and even in our regrouping in this moment after the internet faux pas and wanted to be mindful wanting to be mindful of your time it's important uh, that i emphasize this because the pulpit could be like for Paul where he, he traveled some, I don't know, over 10,000 miles, some scholars say, not with a private jet, on foot, planting several churches. Again, who is this guy? Planting one church is hard enough. Planting several churches and then writing to them to provide guidance. Maybe that's a pulpit. It might mean that you are literally meant to serve in those spaces that are uncomfortable. <clears throat> you find yourself in pain and, and God is preparing that, that that table for you in the presence of your enemies to serve there and to continue serving there but i want to note that part of your pulpit for god's power might even be also in leaving that space i want to make space here ever so briefly but importantly for those who might even find themselves right now in an abusive space for an example physically emotionally psychologically or otherwise you're enduring conditions that are not safe i like paul in verse 10 of this chapter chapter 1 Pray that you be able to discern what's best. Even the apostle Paul, Acts chapter twenty-one and twenty-two, after being arrested uh, by the Romans and being beaten, literally within inches of his life, it wasn't his time yet, and he screamed out in many words, "I'm a Roman citizen," which stopped their beating, got him put before uh, (coughs) put before the Sanhedrin, and, and such that he was it wasn't his time to go yet. So I don't want anybody to come away from this conversation, this. This message, thinking I've got to remain in this painful situation. If godly wisdom would say otherwise to you, and even in your going, there might be a pulpit for one of God's best sermons to be erected in your life and that of others. God's power makes a pulpit out of our pain. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. I thank you uh, for this internet holding up. I thank you for the power of the word of God, the power that we can all experience here on earth such that your will in heaven, we can see it and participate in that will in heaven being made manifest here on earth. In the midst of this pandemic pandemic, so many of us enduring unimaginable circumstances whether due to covid directly or indirectly psychologically emotionally financially otherwise we're we're watching things on on screen during this pandemic that that just should not be seen that are impacting us god there are issues that we are experiencing personally that maybe no one knows about except us and maybe a few others and yet we see in this chapter just how pain un uncomfortable situations can be pulpits for your gospel to be preached such that others confidence in you in this season could be increased. God I pray that that power be made real for all of us and for those of us watching who who may not have a relationship with Jesus Christ but you desire to firstly let me just say that a life in jesus christ is amazing and it's wonderful and he calls us to suffer with him and as a part of that suffering his gospel can then be even more powerfully preached and so i do invite you today if you don't have a relationship with jesus christ to say yes to him today and if that is you you can simply pray this prayer with me heavenly father thank you for loving me thank you for dying on the cross for my sins I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, and I believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. I commit to following you with all of my heart, and I recognize there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ. There's just opportunities to begin again more faithfully every single day with a God who loves me more than I could ever love myself There's no death to which you won't go to find me. There's no extent or end of the earth to which you will not go to come and get me and save me and bring me into the, the peace and the power and the grace and the mercy that is the love of Jesus Christ. And so today I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Family, we love you. I wanted to play a video from... Uh, our victory worship team Uh, and I think I might even try to do that as we we close out today Uh, because we are friends of God he loves us and as such has allowed us the privilege of stewarding his power here in the earth and I pray that whatever it is you might be going through in this moment um, that it would be a pulpit your pain would be a pulpit and not a prison Love y'all, family.
1: I am a friend of God.